Look out, it's a wonderful ball from West Sydney Kenny to find Tim Weir. Option streaking into the area. Pulisic back post! He's got a second! They stood in an aggressive posture waiting for Mexico to come out of the locker room. And straight out of the locker room, the U.S. doubles the lead. <laughs> Welcome to the Buddha Podcast with your hosts, Matt Crum and Jake Lucas. All right, Jake, the summer of fun continues. It does. Clink. Cheers. <laughs> cheers to the summer. And cheers to a victorious men's national team. Big show today, Jake. Yeah, massive show. Yeah, we're going to recap uh, the Nations League. Um, we won't spoil the surprise, but we'll tell you how the United States did. Um, talk right. about the, the new hire after the coaching search. Uh, that was six months. Oh, man. Um, to talk about that and then talk about going right into uh, the Gold Cup. But, Matt, we went on a, a venture yes. what, last weekend. Yeah, let's tell the listeners what happened. Yes, well, I think it was... I think it was kind of the precursor to a the first annual booted podcast golf outing. Yeah, we had we first had to prove that we could play golf, which is still very questionable on my end at least. Jake, Jake hit some nice nice shots out there. Not, not so nice sometimes. Uh, yeah, you know. So yeah, Jake and I we we hit the links as they say. I think they say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hit this, some trees. Hit some trees. That's yeah. There were sure sure trees hit. Uh, that was my third ever time golfing a round of eighteen, and so it's been a couple of years. Jake let me borrow his clubs. I got I got to get on the market. Hey, listeners, if you're you got some clubs you don't need anymore, six foot two, let me know. Yeah, but it was it was a good learning experience for me. Yeah, call it a friendly. It was a nice friendly. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my first shot went into the other fairway. And pretty sure that uh, the people that were going the other way just looked at the ball, saw it wasn't theirs, and kept on looking and just said, hey, you know what, let's play it, and played my ball instead. So yeah, uh, I call it a victory if I don't lose more than nine balls, and I only lost eight. So I, uh, I'm very proud of myself. You, only, you counted that? Eight? That's yes. all you lost? Well, <laughs> let's just say I probably lost triple that. <laughs> <laughs> it was close. I owe everybody that we went golfing with about uh, two packages of golf. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we have uh, we have vacations booked. Yeah, summer is also a time for vacations, and you're just coming up, Jake. What's your uh, what's your little itinerary? Where are you going first? What's your little itinerary? Yeah, so me and my wife were going on our honeymoon uh, to right. Italy. Uh, so Italy in July, which is supposed to be pretty warm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really excited. We're gonna go to Rome for um, like five days, and then down to Sorrento. But the one thing that's interesting about Italy, like anytime you go into a church, you have to wear pants and have your shoulders covered. Uh, so I am somebody who sweats a lot. And it's going to be quite interesting uh, seeing me walk around Rome wearing pants to go through the Vatican. Now, Jake, have you gotten those super light traveling, breathable pants? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't Amazon it, man. Amazon it, man. I, I did get some... Uh, I think they're called chinos. Yes. From uh, yes. Amazon. So. There you go. Yeah, they fit very nice. Okay. Okay. They do have those like they're almost like hiking pants. They're super breathable, it's like stretchy a little bit. Those you might want to check those out too. But yeah, no, I mean, you know, Jake always also likes to wear muscle shirts wherever he goes. So. 
<laughs> yeah. I don't know if that uh, counts as covering the shoulders. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta show off my shoulders. Yeah, you know, Jake's massive, massive. Yeah. My shoulders and calves, probably the best uh, two things about me. <laughs> His Gaston calves. <laughs> Gaston. Oh, I will. I can see why the you know why the Italian judges would want those th- those babies covered. Yes. I mean that's that's just common sense, really. Yeah. That's a work of art right there. That's uh that's God's work. That's right. That's it is. It is. Well, yeah, that's that's excellent. So you'll be you'll be sweating it a bit, but it'll be beautiful, I'm sure. There'll be one there'll be many uh, one in Rome moments. That is gonna be great. That, I'm just gonna say that every time we do something. When in Rome. When in Rome. Yeah. Oh, oh McDonald's? Well, when in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> well, European McDonald's is supposed to be fancier than It is. Yeah. I went to one in Athens once and it was like it's kinda of like a it was like two levels. It was like this big thing. Nice. It's well, crazy. Well, that's great. I yeah. So a little bit after, well, much many months after you go to Italy, my wife and I will be in Ireland a bit, and then also in Munich, Germany, nice. home of the Bavarian champions. Yeah, we're gonna do gonna visit the wife's sister, who is a professional soccer player in Ireland, playing for Galway United. So that's gonna be fun to visit her. Maybe see some some uh, Irish football action, and then Munich. Uh, we'll see what we get into in Munich. It's going to be Oktoberfest, and so, whew, it's uh, we'll see. We'll see. Do you have your later hosen? Late, well, that, I mean, so talk about breathable. I mean, those will probably not be breathable, but I might have to get them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, should I wait till I get there to get like authentic German or what? I mean, you definitely you probably should be able to rent them over there. Rent you them. Can't, you can't go to like a beer festival like. Oktoberfest without without Lederhosen. Yeah. So this is like a necessity, huh? Yeah. So yeah, that and I think at the anytime you're around, you have to sing uh, Galway Girl. Oh yes. Well, we will. Well, her sister's literally a Galway girl, so we will be singing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we will see. Maybe go. Maybe dip down to Salzburg. Maybe a little RP Salzburg action. Ooh. We'll see. We'll see. No. Uh, no Munich games. Yeah, it just sounds intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds intimidating to go to a Munich game. Of course, we'll, we'll check it out. It'll kind of probably be a game time decision. What kind of soccer we want to see. We'll see. But yeah, summer fun, summer vacations. Although that's going to be in October. That's going to be a fall of vacations. Yeah, but what if Arsenal and Bayern Munich get drawn in the same group? Now that, A, I don't know how I would get tickets to that because that would be nuts. But if we could, I think that would be a must go. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. That would be a bucket list game. Yeah, that'd be insane. That would be insane. Well, maybe. Well, well, actually, the same thing could apply to RB Salzburg. Maybe. Who's, who knows? Yeah, that's true. All right, Jake. As you mentioned, Nations League recap. A coach reaffirmation hiring. I just gave it away, I think. But I'm sure you've heard by now if you're a fan. And then, as you said, rolling right into the Gold Cup with a very changed team on the U.S. side. Interesting on some of the competition rosters, but if we get into that. So that is the, the rundown. What are we drinking on this five, fine evening, Jake? Yes, yeah, so we still have uh, beers from my wedding. That's uh, right. We switched from Suns Out, Guns Out from the last podcast. Suns Out, Guns Out? <laughs> Suns Out, Pops Out. <laughs> tomato, tomato. I was thinking about the... the you were thinking about your muscle shirt. Yeah, yeah. wearing that at a church and how nice that would be. Suns, Suns Out, Guns Out yeah. then. Um, but yeah, a European beer. Uh, we have Stella Artois. A Belgian beer. Would you call it a fine beer or a fine? I would call it 600 years of 
Beer Heritage. I think that's a five. <laughs> so, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. No, no Miller Light, I can tell you that. Yeah, well, eh, yep, yep. Some European snobbery we got going on on this show. But, hey, it's appropriate because, Jake... We're all Europe snobs now. We're all Euro snobs. <laughs> we're all good. Yes, yes. How did that come about? I saw that. Like, who's the most Euro snob? Is, is it Pulisic or is it... I think it was Reyna or something like that. They're calling them Euro snob, snobs now. I don't know. Yeah, I think it has to be Pulisic. He probably has the most tattoos. Actually, Joe Scally. I think he's yeah. been, like he's just gonna go straight up German, get like a hundred tattoos and like yeah, yeah. Beach, like the blonde hair that he has and yep, just run yep. with it. Yeah, well, speaking of blonde hair, we were uh, two of our players were sporting blonde hair during the Nations League, and we talked about it last time, Jake. Very unsure where BJ, Coach BJ, would get us. He had he had the A squad. And it was going to be what we thought was a maybe not so scary but still tough Mexico team in the semifinal, and it was not so tough. Uh, I thought it was going to be a really difficult game. I thought we were going to lose. Yeah. Um, and be like outmanned in different places, but uh, that was uh, that was quite astonishing. Yeah. Three zero is the result. Do you remember what the score was? It two zero at halftime, or was it? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, we get two. No, it was one. It was one nothing at halftime. One nothing at halftime. It's, yep, yep. So, uh, Pulisic also had a chance in the first half where he dribbled basically everybody and then missed. So it could have been more, but yeah, I think the story was Mexico just had no threat going forward. Tristan Pulisic, Tim Weah were on from minute one. I mean, Weah was putting in incredible crosses in left and right. Pulisic was burning down the left-hand side. Uh, we had Reyna getting touches on the ball in the middle. Musa was doing really, really, really well and kind of being a ball hawk and shuttling the ball. Defense was solid. Dest, man, Dest had a game. He had the last assist, actually, in the second half to the substitute Ricardo Pepe. But those were kind of some key standouts. But really... It was the talent gap, Jake. We were just so much more talented looking than Mexico was. Yeah. And you have, uh, like, Mexico had a bunch of players from uh, Liga MX, and then you just look across the board for us. You have uh, people playing the Premier League, uh, French League, La Liga, just, like, all over the place. So it's, uh, it was kind of nice to see after, like, that whole cycle of 20, going into the 2018 World Cup where – how poor the roster was, how we had our generational gap. But now it looks like Mexico might be hitting that. But just, like, the whole game and the game plan attacking the wings, like, nobody really could stop, like, Tim Wyatt. Nobody could stop, like, Pulisic. And um, it was really awesome to see. And then even, like, when they tried to play through the middle, they played with Musa and uh, Gio. And then Gio Reyna played really well, put some dangerous balls in for, um, like, set pieces and, uh, was just like no matter where he was, he was calling for the ball, and sometimes that's a distraction. Like, oh wow, he could get the ball and yeah. do something crazy. But no, that was pretty awesome to see. And then, of course, USA Mexico got pretty heated. Yeah, I was about to say we're we're describing the game up until the seventieth minute. Yeah. And after that, what happened, Jake? After that, all hell broke loose. Um, <laughs> Literally. Yeah, there was a nasty tackle from uh, Montez on. Yeah. Uh, Black- Balogun, Cesar Balogun. Montez, yeah, 
hacking. Yeah, hacking. And then it was a hack, and then it was a stomp. That's uh, I think what got him at the end. Really? Yeah. I didn't quite see the stomp, but yeah, it was he, it was he bad. He hacked him and then stomped him on the calf, and then uh, Weston McKenney got into it with probably what like 14, 15 Mexico players. Yes. Um, dragged into the bench, and uh, according with according to VAR, he uh, he grabbed somebody's throat, but when he was walking away, his shirt was like ripped in half. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There is now an iconic picture of Weston McKinney walking away with a torn shirt after being driven into the Mexico bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then even after uh, after that, um, two former teammates got into it on the sideline for a hot second. That's right. Um, I didn't make that connection at first. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the ball went out of bounds and off of uh, Serginio Dest and uh, Alvarez, who played... Who, both of them played Ajax together. That's right. Uh, just came over and like gave him a little shove, and then somebody else gave him a shove, uh, Gallardo, um, and then basically shoved him in the face, and then Des got back into him and got pelted with five or six speakers after that. Yep. 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 So Des was sent off for that. Mexican player was sent off as well. Four red cards in the span of ten minutes, I think. <laughs> we had nine on nine. Uh, somewhere within that was that goal that Dest. Before actually, it was before it was before his red card, but after the first red card, uh, he had a great run up the side, and I think I think that was really what where we shown the most is just the edges, right? The mm-hmm. dust was flying up and down. Way a Pulisic, uh, we they did go with the McKenny, Reyna, and Musa midfield. I think that was that was not really a surprise, but we did not lose anything defensively with that midfield. That might be a little bit on how defanged Mexico is right now, but it worked great. And then in the back, we were wondering who that center back pairing was. Went with Richards and Miles Robinson. And Richards, I think, and, and we'll talk more about his how he showed out in the second game, but he is kind of the standout on the on defense, I think, for these over these two games. Uh, Anthony was incredibly solid as well, but I think I think Miles looked a little bit shaky, especially in possession, and he actually got replaced by Zimmerman in the second game. But what do you? I mean, we we held, we shut out Mexico, and yeah. that's so. Not only did we have it was a complete game, we had offensive firepower and defensive solidity. So yeah, yeah. even the substitutes came off like onto the field and made an impact, like Ricardo Pepe. Uh, came in as that super sub. Look at the Torre came in, really didn't miss a beat, and then uh, Scali came in and did well. But we're already up three 0 at that time. But yeah, I mean, like it's kind of it was really nice to see like people like Richards who has so much talent. Like a lot of these players do have so much talent, but the thing that always keeps around with these guys, um, and even from this game or from this like legs, like you have injuries. Yeah, and it's like how can these. Can this like starting eleven stay healthy and get better and better, or are injuries just going to tear them down? Yeah, yeah, I know. And so, yeah, we 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 knew we didn't wouldn't have Adams going into it. Uh, we covered for him very well <laughs> over these two games, but yeah, I think you start you start getting into the depth chart game, and you know if Adams does come back, now who do you sit? But in real in reality, it's very unlikely that all of these guys are hundred percent fit at the same time. So the team kind of kind of picks itself. But yeah, so we're we're going into the game against Canada in the final, yeah. down West McKenney, down Serginho Dest. And down Miles Robinson with an injury. 
Oh, if Miles Robinson did have an injury. Okay, yeah. okay. I think it was like muscle fatigue or... Got it. Got it. Okay. So that was so that was a big decision. Zimmerman over Miles. And then it was a straight swap for... In the midfield for... Was it... Who was it in the midfield? I'm blanking. In the midfield, it was Reyna, Musa, and Aronson. Aronson. So, Aronson. The, yes. Yeah. So Musa was playing like a holding midfielder. Yeah. Uh, with those two. But it was interesting because for uh, like Canada... Uh, they were almost playing like a like a three five two. Yeah, uh, with Fonson Davies and what? Who's, who? the, who's the other uh, wing back? Oh, uh, Laria, Laria, Richie Laria. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like <clears throat> it was always gonna be an interesting matchup, like with uh, like Davies versus Scally. Yes, because um, he was the other plug in, Joe yeah. Scally. But yeah, even at the beginning of the game, like you could tell, like the game plan was basically get your most energetic guy and try to shut him down and. Uh, you saw, like, Brendan Aronson, like, helping out a lot defensively. Um, even though he was not, like, containing, he was just trying to stab and get the ball from Alfonso Davies. And just, like, those two doing so well defensively, that yep. forced Davies to go to the other side and try to beat Robinson one-on-one. Yeah, good Robinson, luck. Yeah. Robinson just had him in his back pocket. But, no, the really interesting thing, like, the Mexico game, you're attacking down the wing. Um, but for this game, it seemed like the wings were getting shut off. That's right. And... Instead of doing that, they went right through Geo and right down and, the middle. Yeah, and like Geo, his like second assist was amazing. His free kicks were really great, and yep. um, it was just a bummer he had to come off at halftime with a injury. Yeah, two assists for Geo, one on a corner, and I. When's the last time we've scored on a set piece, Jake? I can't. I can't remember. It was probably Nations League last year. And two years ago. Ah. Uh, no, we scored against Honduras. Walker Zimmerman did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Honduras. Dude, yes. He almost had the goal of the goal. Of the yes, year. Zimmerman almost whipped one into the corner. Yeah, everybody <laughs> in the game. Volley from twenty-five yards out. Yeah, yeah, that was surprising. But uh, the yeah, the goals. So a, a corner kick where Richards rose up, knocked it down past uh, past the Canadian keeper. So that was a refreshing thing to see. A, a very American-like set piece goal. And then you said it. Uh, Geo broke through. Uh, actually, Aronson helped win the tackle in the midfield to, to set uh, Geo off, and that was kind of the big... Aronson was was really a standout for more of his defensive energy in helping on Alfonso, as you said, and winning kind of some tackles in the midfield. And so, yeah, Geo slips Balogun through for his debut goal. And, yeah, that's... I think I think you summed it up. How would you rate Balogun's performance over this over these two games? Honestly, the first game I would say like C plus B. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of interesting. Like when you look back at like the second goal against Mexico, uh, you had like Wea just like holding down the wing, and then you had uh, Flo and then Pulisic running, and then he just like Flo just held up his run, anticipating somebody was coming in behind. And I think if you have another striker there, um, if you had like anybody else in the World Cup, they would have kept making that run and took that space. But like, he held back, opened that up, and finished it. Um, but with the game against Canada, I would give him an A. Um, yes. It was just like awesome to see him like make these great runs, create chances. And now it's just like get more confidence. But uh, the great thing about this is he already has one uh, international trophy. Um, and two games won, in. Yeah, two games in. <laughs> And England hasn't had an uh, international trophy since 1966. 
So you can say you made the right choice. Wow. Yes. Good job, Flo. Yes. Coming to where the trophies are. <laughs> yeah. It's just overwhelmingly positive. Also, uh, BJ Callahan for president? I mean, talk about a job well done. Yeah. He pressed all the right buttons, too. He made the right substitutes. He had, like, with Burholter's system, it used to be so rigid, and now it, it felt like the shackles were off of these guys, and they were mm-hmm. just, like, running and attacking and having more, like, free-flowing. And I think it was even, like, total football, like, where you had two center backs, five midfielders, like, and three, three or four, like, people up front. Yeah. Uh, literally when we were possessing the ball against Mexico, uh, which was yeah. insane to see. Yeah, the Canada game was a little bit more back and forth. In fact, Canada had more possession, but we were just so solid defensively. Canada couldn't find that final ball. They had some chances, tournament, some saves, but nothing really all that threatening. So that was so it was kind of a, a different kind of game against Canada, where versus just Mexico, where we were just on all phases of the game: possession, finishing, defending, just the better team. So it's. And, and I, honestly, I think we beat Canada like Canada beat us during qualifying, capitalizing on chances and being solid defensively. So it was nice to see that turn around. Canada, Canada is a good team. They had, they had you know, between Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, Estacchio in the middle, Rhea, uh, Rich, Richie Laria on the, on the right side. Kone is also a really bright young talent for Canada. Don't don't write them off at all. I think they just need to find maybe a better combination in the back, maybe. But we we kind of took back the the crown a bit from them after qualifying. So job well done, lads. Yeah, huge uh, huge gap. Um, and I think it was just like really cool to see the people come and like step up, like Scally, um, De La Torre, or even, like Erickson, like when he came in, De La Torre, yeah. um, the subs coming in. Um, but yeah, like the gap is pretty massive now. Yes. Um, but yeah, Canada is a solid team, but they are not the kings of Concacaf. Nope, nope. They this was truly kind of that kind of match because if they would have beat us, I think we would have to. We would have to have crowned them. But it is. I think it's in our. It's in our house now. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Three straight Concacaf trophies going back to the last uh, last Nations Cup or National Nations League Cup. So. Yeah, I th- we're I mean this is our team, right? These are the players, the the what is it, fourteen to sixteen players that got on the field, right? Minus Tyler Adams, perhaps. Uh, those are the these are the guys. These are the guys, and really, when you think about your your World Cup teams and things like that, you really just need those fourteen to sixteen guys. We talked about this when we were bringing up the World Cup, right? He's this is it, man. If if this trajectory continues. I mean, how strong? How okay? Here's a question to you, Jake. How strong are we? Do you think are we like a second tier European team? Are we like better than every South America team minus the top two, Brazil and Argentina, 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 a new country <laughs> that Messi just created? Yeah. <laughs> Where are we? In what European and or South American team would you think we would be matched up like against? Well, I think we'll, we might touch on this in the next segment. Um, but I think, uh, I think after you look at South America, you, you have to put us in the top four in the Americas. 
top four in the Americas. That's a good way to yeah. look at it. Yeah. So you have uh, Argentina, Brazil, and then maybe Colombia. Yeah. And then us. Yeah. Like, because when you look at Copa America, like. We'll find out next yeah, year. Uruguay. Yeah. Going, yeah. Um, Depends on which one of those third and fourth place South American teams are high at the moment, right? Yeah. But also, like, depends on these the players, right? Like, the thing is, these we did really well without the players actually getting a lot of minutes. Like, Christian Pulisic not getting that many, many, many minutes. Weston McKennie not getting too many minutes throughout the year. Um, yeah. Arena, not getting too many minutes. Like, if these like players actually go to clubs where they can get 90 minutes and be that key person, like a Clint Dempsey was. Right. Um, like, that that would be massive. Yeah. Um, so the more we can see that and the more that transition, that's just going to set up better for next year. Um, and then if there's a tournament in 2025 and then 2026. Yes. However, Jake, moving on to the next piece, the what came out literally during halftime of the Mexico game was that Greg Berhalter, Triple G, is back officially as the new rehire for the U.S. men's national team. What were your thoughts then? What are your thoughts now? So my thoughts were going into it was you had the list of finalists, and it was Jesse Marsh, Greg Berhalter, and Patrick Vieira. Those were the three? I believe that was the three at the time. Okay. Those are the three that you knew were finalists interviewing for the final round. Okay. I was really excited for Patrick Vieira um, because of his style. He's won a World Cup as a player. He knows how to get the best out of players and what he did with NYCFC. He knows the American system. Right. He's been part of them, like, growing with Scali, Reyna, um, and a few other products like Sands. He was the coach, but also, like, the technical director, like, helping out with that kind of stuff. I was really excited to see that. I heard, like, they were looking at Hugo Perez, too, and was really excited. That was your top guy, Hugo Perez. Yeah. Yeah. So, looking into it, they made said the announcement's happening tomorrow, and then they said Craig Perhalter is coming back. And you're watching the game, and you're seeing all these players that, like, should have performed at the World Cup, but didn't get the opportunity to. You had Gio Reyna doing really well off the set pieces, and that's what we were missing at the World Cup. Yeah. You yeah. had Ricardo Pepe coming off the bench, scoring a goal, making runs. That's what we were missing at the World Cup. You had Joe Scally, who was 19 at the time, getting minutes in the Bundesliga, but instead of putting him onto the field, you bring in Yedlin and you bring in Shaq Moore, yeah. and Yedlin caused a turnover to go right before the penalty happened against Wales. Yeah. Because if you win that game, you go against England, you draw that game, you control your own destiny to win the group, and then you're playing Senegal instead of playing Netherlands. Yeah. So that was just like, what is going on? And I was... I was kind of floored by that. It took six months to go through that. But Matt, at your time, at that time, what were your thoughts? Yeah, and that it really is. You you kind of hit it on the head, right? The fact that we took six months just to rehire the same guy, it almost makes me think that this was just an intentional cooling down period from the whole Gio Reyna, Claudio Reyna, and Greg Berhalter drama. That happened. I I was pretty shocked. I did not think that. The, I thought I thought he was done because of that. I, I didn't think that 
I thought there was probably there, there probably had to be some other sour players based on that. But I, as some of our listeners know, and we've talked about this at length, I do think Berhalter deserved to stay because he did everything that was asked for him all the, leading up to the World Cup and in the World Cup. However, yeah, I, I thought I just thought that the, the locker room troubles would be the end for him. So the, the question really becomes, was this really Burhalter all along? Kind of with like Anthony Hudson and BJ Callahan. Was there like, you know, was it just kind of still the Burhalter program just through those guys? It makes you question a lot of things. Uh, I mean, you know, the setup is still by and large, what Berhalter instilled, you know, the 4-2-3-1, what have you. Uh, so you can definitely see the groundwork. And I think if I'm going to take a positive spin on the Berhalter rehire, what Berhalter did do is make us very defensively solid. The Netherlands game was definitely a blip in that. But if you think across qualifying, group stage, World Cup, holding England, right, that is one thing that I think Berhalter really did for our program is make us really defensively solid. So I think that is paying dividends. But did we need this loosening up period in the last six months to finally get some offensive firepower? I don't know. Here's the thing. We, we're going to this, this Gold Cup. I don't even know if he's coaching in the Gold Cup. Does anybody know that yet? No, he's not. He's not, officially. As far as we know, it could be B.J. Callahan's team in the Gold Cup. And then we've got two friendly scheduled in October, one against Germany, one against Ghana. That'll be the international window. That'll be when we get to see this group again under Berhalter again. So that's going to be an interesting time to see how the players react. But ultimately, Jake, whether it's a bad hire or a good hire, it's going to depend on Cove America. Yeah, and that's going to be the measuring stick. That's right. And when you look, like, like the thing that made, like, I looked at it, and I was like, this really doesn't make sense. And then they had the interview with the technical director to talk about it. And the technical director said that, like, he set up the metrics and saying, like, hey, the interview process, like, I'm basing it on the growth of, like, what Berhalter did with the team, the development that he had. And if you're basing your data, like, data and information to try to be like, hey, I want to replicate Greg Berhalter – you're ultimately going to hire Greg Berhalter. Yes. So, like, I think it's just flawed through that whole entire system, like what they were trying to look at. Um, but I think the measuring stick has to be Copa America. Yes. And when you look at the results as a country and as a, like, federation, you should be improving each tournament that you're going to. So if you look at 2014 or 2010 to 2014, there was no improvement going into the next round. Uh, you made it to the knockout stage. 2018, you missed the World Cup. Improvements to get to the World Cup, make it out of the group. And that's where I wanted to see the progression to win a knockout game. And then for Copa America, to this Copa America, we ended up in fourth place as the host nation. So if he doesn't make it to the semifinals, right. then there should be a lot of issues, especially with how much talent that, that's on this team. Right. If the interim of an interim coach can go and basically win a cup 5 nothing over two legs, 
Greg Berhalter has to get this team at least to the semifinal for Cup America to make it successful. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean... The thing that like upsets me even more than that, though, is like looking at all the stats for Berhalter and saying he's the winningest coach. He has, what, like, he's the winningest coach, has the best, like, winning percentage, but he's not playing anybody, like, internationally. No, nope, you're right. Like, you're getting, like, padded with Nations League, even Gold Cup, like... You talk about oh he won't go gold cup in twenty twenty one, twenty nineteen he got out outclassed. Yep. We were there for it, yep. and he got outclassed and lost one nothing. So yeah. like the growth is like the reason I'm like optimistic is the players like him. Yes, and the players want him back. Um, but the player growth, if they get on the right teams, they're going to continue to grow, and they just need to figure out like Greg needs to pull back and not be rigid. And let these guys go after it like they did the last two games. Yeah. Well, hopefully he applies common sense and, you know, offensively doesn't change much of that game plan. Mm-hmm. And, again, this is this is kind of the theory, right? Anthony Hudson was on staff. B.J. Callahan was on staff. So these offensive ideas must have been in the collective brain of a Burhalter coaching staff. It's just it took them until now to be released. So yeah, it's again. I'm not. I think it's fine. We 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 have these friendlies in October. Hopefully, we get some more very very tough friendlies in the maybe even in this year or in the spring leading up to the Copa America. Certainly in the spring, uh, in the international window. So we we use this next club season to. But he'll be he'll be under a microscope every single game, as he should be. As he should be. So. Yeah. Look. I, ultimately, I'm not worried about it because even if it goes badly and we fire him at the, at the Copa America, there's still time. Argentina hired their coach, I think, the previous year, and they won the World Cup. It's fine. Ultimately, it's there's the coaching side of this, but there's also the players. If the players' trajectories, as you say, keep developing, if they keep getting good minutes with good teams in Europe, I think the talent side will take care of itself. It's just a matter of getting the right coach in in twenty twenty five. Hopefully, right. Hopefully by then. Yeah, but it's if he does decent, they're going to keep him. Right? The full defined decent is decent semifinal of a Copa America. I mean, that's I would say that's more than decent. I mean, I think that's the standard, but I don't think the federation's going to think that. I think it's going to be they made it out of the group, and that's great, and they're going to keep him. So you think a quarterfinal would be because because I think in Copa America it it's would six, be it's sixteen teams, so it's automatically the quarterfinal. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. So the, yeah, so I mean, obviously, if they don't get out of the group, I think that's the pressure will be so so high to get rid of them. Then the semifinal, yeah, you'll probably keep them, but the quarterfinal, going out of the quarterfinal, maybe it's against a tough Uruguay team. Tough Colombia team. Maybe they lose in PKs. Yeah. What do you do then? You That's going to be the you, tough one. You get rid of them. You get rid of them. Okay. You need, you need to be able to make it to. Uh, you need least, to be able to beat those teams in the World Cup. You're saying. Yeah. And you need to at least make it to the quarterfinal when you're hosting. When you're hosting, you want to be a dark horse. Yeah. Like if you That's have true. that and you get outclassed, he's not the dark horse. Okay. Well, there it is. There is the bar. Jake has said it. Semifinals are bust. Semifinals are bust. All right, Jake. Well. Overall, very positive. We've got talent. We've got swagger. We've got trophies now. It's it's all is good right now. All is good right now. 
So we're going into this really weird now tournament called the Gold Cup. <laughs> In previous years, the Gold Cup has been very hyped. It's been a very... You know, hey, it's a cool, it's a tournament happening in North America. We're going to have Mexico in there. It's, from a U.S. perspective, it just seems kind of out of place. How should we assess this Gold Cup, Jake? Honestly, I think it's just finding depth players. Um, yeah. Hoping we go, like, a little further to, like, the semifinals and have a figure out, okay, which of these players can come out, get experience, and be a depth uh, player for us. Mm-hmm. Um, because even for keepers, like you have Sean Johnson, who probably would be the third string, uh, Gaga Salona, uh, Slonina, yeah, Slonina, and then Matt Turner. Yeah, um, interesting that Matt Turner's staying for this tournament. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, but like, is he going to start? You think? I think so. I think that's the whole plan because, yeah, they, these. So just to continue on the, the roster, I mean, this is a this is an MLS All Star team, pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. You have Aaron Long, Miazga. You've got Miles Robinson is back. Although I'm wondering if I'm wondering how that injury will impact his participation. Yedlin, John Tolkien, Dewan Jones, uh, Jalen Neal, the, the up and coming Alex LA Galaxy center back. In the midfield, Aiden Morris, Christian Roldan, James Sands. Uh, interesting. Busio gets a call up here. Georgi Mihailovic. And then Alan Senora from FC Juarez, who Alan Senora was actually on the Nations League roster. So he, he along with Turner, carries over. And then up top, again, MLS All-Star, we got, we got Brandon Vasquez, Jordan Morris, Julian Gressel, uh, Jesus Ferreira comes back, Kate Cowell, and Zendejas. So I think because, I think it's very smart for them to have Turner, our A, a keeper, to maybe cover up for some deficiencies that we find in this Really, I mean, what do you would call it? A, a solid B, a B minus roster. Yeah, I'd say B minus, but I really hope they just let the, like the younger, uh, younger kids play. Like you know what Aaron Long's gonna do, right? You know what Matt Bianca's gonna do. What about like Dewan Jones and Jalen Neal? Like them playing together would be really difficult. Um, and then Brian uh, Reynolds, like John Token and Yedlin. You know what you're gonna get out of Yedlin. Mm-hmm. Um, but the players that I'm excited for for like the midfield, uh, Mahalovic and uh, Aiden Morris. Yes. Um, I think it's gonna be nice to see what he can do on the national stage. Yes. Um, because I think he could be a depth player that goes over to Europe and develops over the next uh, few years and could be pushing that bench uh, role at a World Cup. Yeah. No, I'm I'm equally as excited for those two players. I think. If we can get another, if Aiden Morris, I'm really curious to see if Aiden Morris can push himself into a, basically if he could push out somebody like Kellen Acosta, which may even already be pushed out based on these these recent results as kind of a backup to Tyler Adams. Uh, really to see, interested to see, and then also how Mihailovic does, because if you're Aronson or uh, De La Torre, I think you're interested in how Mihailovic does because those are the positions that could be you could be replaced if your if your trajectory doesn't go in a you know and, and Georgie Mihalovic has a good that's so that's that's the players you're going to be watching that performance but yeah I, so Brian Reynolds would be interesting to see it'll be interesting to see if a left back emerges between I think Dewan Jones is probably the leading candidate there and John Tolkien is kind of the, the young guy and then up top does Ferreira continue to bang in goals. Uh, how does Jordan Morris play? 
does does Vasquez get in time over Ferreira? That's going to be an interesting number nine conversation. Yeah, but I mean, uh, Ferreira's been doing really well in the league. Yeah. He has, what, like 14 goals compared to Vasquez's seven? Yeah, yeah. However, Vasquez is on the league's best team. That's true. So, yeah, no, I, I like that battle. Um, and then... Zendaya, this will be something for Zendejas to show he was also on the Nations League roster. People are really high on him. Can he be a star? It's Yeah, this is very much, like they always say, an experimental roster. Let's see what happens. The interesting thing, though, Jake, is Canada is bringing more like an A-minus squad. So a lot of there's a lot of carryovers, uh, especially in the defense, in goal for Canada. Uh, they're sending, you know, they're sending the big stars home. They're sending Jonathan David, Alfonso Davies, Kyle Laren, uh, but Steven Eustachio's play, uh, staying. Uh, I think Junior Hoylet. So they they've kind of got a more of a mix, which and that that's kind of my main point with Mexico and Canada. They they need this tournament a little bit more than we do right now, because they do need to find perhaps some even some starters with this tournament. I think. That's the key difference. We we have a pretty locked down set of starters, 14, 15 players deep. So we're really looking for those those probably, you know, 13 through 18 guys, 13 through 23, I guess. And even or or just maybe the, the 17 through 23 with these guys. But for Mexico and Canada, they're gonna if Mexico's gonna climb out of the hole they dub themselves. And if Canada wants to continue to challenge, they need to they need to solidify who are their fourteen to fifteen top guys. I think. Yeah, and they'll have uh, Canada will have or not Canada, uh, Mexico will have an interim uh, manager too uh, during this cycle. That's right. Fire theirs. Um, but looking at uh, the groups, um, yes, we actually have a. I think we're gonna have a difficult uh, first match, uh, Jamaica. Yeah. Um, this is the first time uh, like a few of their players that were that are British uh, committed to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, so Damari Gray um, is going to be playing with them, but their front three is going to be Leon Bailey, Damari Gray, and then uh, Mikel Ant- uh, Antonio. This is it'll be interesting. Yeah. So yes. here's, here's their squad. Um, you have Andre Blake as the keeper. And then for defenders, uh, Amari Bell, uh, Ethan Pinnock, who plays for Brent, on Brentford's roster. Okay. Uh, Amari Bell is on Luton Town. Yes. Um, and then midfield, you really yeah Bobby Reed, who plays for Fulham for like depth. And then the oh, this was actually announced today. Yeah. I'm just then, looking. Uh, for the forwards, yeah, Mikel, Antonio, Leon Bailey, and Amari Gray. Wow. Yep. You're right. Yeah, it's no joke. This is going to be a tough, tough test. Uh, they they had a lot of these guys. They did have a lot of these guys for um, World Cup qualifying, but I think World Cup qualifying was kind of a mess for them because they just really were trying to push push them all in together and, and not really any time to gel. But, yeah, and that's our very first game, isn't it? Yes. Ooh, Okay. So that against uh, center backs that have never played together. So that should. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be Matt Miazga and uh, Aaron Long, which is going to be disappointing. Yeah, unless Miles Robinson is back and healthy. 
we'll, we'll have to see what he's what what, what he um, I guess his return would look like. Yeah, but if he's not healthy, there is another center back on the sixty man roster that they can call him. Who's that? John Anthony Brooks. John Anthony Brooks is Jamaican eligible? No, for the U.S. Oh, yeah. I was about to say <laughs> that would be a twist. Yeah. John Anthony Brooks declares for Jamaica. Oh man. Yeah. No difficult. Difficult first game. Um, I mean, I'd say a draw in that game might be a good result for us. Uh, the groups. So Mexico is in Qatar's group, and then Honduras and Haiti. So they'll they'll be challenged. Depend, you know, based on current form. And then you have kind of the Central American group, which is Costa Rica, El Salvador, Panama. And then Canada should be able to get through their group pretty easily. Cuba, Guatemala, and then a play-in. Uh, smaller, might be a Caribbean nation. So, be an interesting tournament. I think we are very unique if you talk about those, the top five or six nations in CONCACAF that are very solidly on the B team. Whereas you just said in Jamaica... I think they actually – I've got my eye on Jamaica too because if you look at the talent across – you know, Panama was the other participant in the Nations League semifinals. Solid team, not very explosive. Don't think they have a great trajectory going forward. We know Costa Rica is on the downslide. Their golden generation's done. Uh, so really, I mean, Honduras hasn't been much to look at past couple of years. So if you talk about outside the big three – Jamaica seems to be it. There's your, there's your, uh, no, no other podcast will give you that much of a CONCACAF deep dive. Right? <laughs> you yeah. heard it here first. <laughs> but I think, uh, I think based on the teams that are coming in, Jamaica could make that run in uh, this World Cup. Yeah. So I'd say they make it to the semifinal. I'll have to look up the odds for that. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what BJ Callahan, I guess, can do. And I mean, if he can deliver, think about his coaching prospects. If he can deliver a Gold Cup victory for with a B squad, man, he's going to get job offers left and right. Yeah, he still might. He, uh, he was like very tactical and made a lot of uh, smart moves. Yeah. Yeah. So go, go BJ. Yeah. BJ for president, baby. <laughs> All right, Jake. Well, that'll do it for what was a crazy couple weeks. Of men's news and men's soccer. To be continued. We can't forget. Can't forget. Women's World Cup next month coming up. Roster release is Wednesday. Roster release is Wednesday. So we will spend a good bit of time as the Gold Cup is going on. On the wind up to the Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. And uh, there was news last week that Becky uh, Sauerburn is missing the World Cup due to injury. No way. Yeah. So that is devastating. That is real devastating. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So Captain America will be missing the World Cup. Basically. Basically. Whew. Okay. Well, it's going to be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Well, Jake, can you think of a fun game to play? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think you might have it. Think I might have it? All right. Well, this is – so we did last, – last time we did an all-world seven-on-seven lineup. Okay. This one, let's do a let's do an all Concacaf lineup. We just saw some of the top talent in Concacaf go at it. 
I'll, we're going to have to let's let's no more than three players from each of the top three teams. We're going to make that stipulation. Okay. So you have to have two players from a non Canada Mexico US team. Nice. What do you got, Jake? Okay, so keeper would be Andre Blake. All right, all right. Yeah, my I'm playing a four three three. Four three three. Yes. What is the formation? Four three three. All right. Yeah. So. I'll have Alfonso Davies as my left back. Okay. Well, and then, takes him off the board real fast. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, you can still pick the. Yeah, I guess. What are we gonna do? I'm gonna. I'm gonna challenge myself. I'm gonna try to do a different one. Center backs. I'll do Sam Reem and Chris Richards. Okay. So that's my two Americans. Two of my three Americans. Mm-hmm. And then right back, I'll. Back to, um, and then in the midfield, I'll have Alvarez. Okay, Edson Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Man, this is tough. It's tough. It's tough. You might want to pull up the Jamaica roster again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not touching the Jamaica one. Cause yeah, it's it's kind of a yeah. the cupboard's kind of bare for. I mean, Panama's strongest player is Michael Murillo. I'd say or or, uh, or Sorio. So that's my second Canadian player. Second Canadian midfielder. Oh, sorry, John, one close. Yeah. Not a Stacchio? No. Okay. Oh, wow, this is really tough. It's tough. It is tough. You've still got two more Mexican players, one more U.S., and two more Canada, right? Yeah. Well, one more Canadian. One more Canadian? <laughs> okay, my other Canadian is going to be Jonathan Davis as my forward. Okay. Or Jonathan David. My right winger is going to be Chucky Lozano. My left winger, not sure yet, but I'm going to have Gio in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's your third American because you have two center backs and then Gio. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then Tecatito would be my left winger who's injured right now. Yeah. So that's my three Mexican players. Three Canadians are gone. Okay. And then I just need a right back. I'm going to put Brian Ruiz as my right back. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Just put him on the field. 38-year-old Brian <laughs> Ruiz. Let's go. All right. No, Andy Nahar. Andy Nahar. Andy, Andy Nahar oh, is my right back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, doesn't even play for the national team. No. I'm putting him for on some there. strange, strange reason. Okay. Well, oh, interesting. Interesting. All right. So, I will take, uh, yeah, oh, actually, no, I'll take novice, novice and goal. Mm-hmm. I got to go desk right back. Uh, got to do that. In the back, oof. man, it's hard to not to go an American center back here. Yeah, probably going to have to go, hmm, you put, you put, I'll probably have to go, Zimmerman and uh, I wish I could be more creative with a just don't trust any other center backs, man, in CONCACAF. I'll just do I'll just do Zimmerman and Miles. So your three Americans are gone. Three Americans are gone. Oh yeah, because I got a lot of surprises. <laughs> uh, and then left back, we're going. Man, and I'm trying to do different players too. Left back, we're gonna go Leon Bailey. Actually, actually, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm playing a 3-5-2. Okay. 
so my center backs are so so those those two and then I'll throw I'll throw Stephen Vittoria on there from uh, from Canada. Uh, so then I will have Dest as a right wing back, and then I'll have um, Leon Bailey as a left wing back. In the center, you picked Alvarez, right? Yeah. Well, in the center, I'll have. Oh, I don't have. I can't have Adam. So <laughs> no. Or Musa. Or Musa. Or okay, I will. I'll. Kendall Waston, baby. Come, you're, you're, you're in. <laughs> Kendall Waston. No, actually, actually, I'll put Cesar Montes even there, even though we hate him right now. Yeah. Just on sheer, he's the next best talented center back in Conca. Cesar Montes. And I'll keep, I'll keep, uh, keep Miles Robinson, actually. And then, yes, Yunus Musa in the midfield. Uh, Anibal Godoy Ooh. for Panama. That's a good one. Another defensive midfield. And then I think let's see. Man. And as an as the third midfielder. Oh. Ismail Kone. Nice. Or Canada. Smart move. Uh right wing is Albert Elise of Honduras. Ooh. That's a big name. Uh do I still have a Canada? up top I think you do I think I do so Kyle Lahren is going to be one of my guys up top Kyle Lahren uh, I think I have a Mexico I'll go well uh, I'll go Santi Jimenez give him the chance that Diego Coca did not give him nice. Santi Jimenez that's a, that's a smart move right yeah oh no wait Mikel Antonio sorry <laughs> Mikel Antonio yeah and then I need a left winger I need a left winger uh I don't have any. Do I have three Canadian Canadians? Do I have I have um, I have Kone, Vittoria. Do I have another Canadian? I think so. I have, oh no, I have Kyle Aaron. I have Kyle Aaron. Oh. So I have Kyle Aaron. So my front four are Albert Delise, Antonio, Kyle Aaron, and man, I guess I guess uh, I guess this has to be a Mexican, and I want to go different from you. Well, you can do the same. It doesn't matter. I want to challenge myself, Jake. I think I'm going to do... Eh. What about Efron Alvarez? Uriel Antuna. <laughs> Uriel Antuna. He was probably the most lively Mexican player against us. I'll go with that lineup. Nice. I think mine would definitely take you down. Yeah. As always. Yeah. So. Mine would be a much... A, a pretty big hodgepodge of, of folks. But yeah. it'd, be, it'd still be a solid team, I think. All right, Jake. Well, we'll have to do a legends version of it next yeah, time. I was actually just thinking about uh, the legends one. The legends one would be heavily Costa Rica. Yeah. Heavily Costa Rica, and then the man, the myth, the legend would have to be on there. Well, I don't know if it'd be all Costa Rica. It definitely would be Mexico. Well, yeah, there'd be a lot of Mexican players on there as well. Yeah, Mexico, Costa Rica, and U.S. most likely. Yeah, 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 definitely. The 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 winds would definitely change. There might be some. Yeah, there'd be some. Uh, could be some Caribbean players. Shalry Joseph yeah. might make mine. It'd be interesting. All right, Jake. Well, speaking of legends. He did great this week. Yes, he the broadcasting yeah. talent now. The fisherman. Have, fisherman, broadcaster, seven, a seven-on-seven coach. Yeah. What isn't this guy doing? He's not doing a podcast. 
He's not. He's not doing a podcast. He's not. Not full time coaching yet. That's. I think it's the next career move we're waiting for for Mr. Dempsey here. I don't know. I don't know if he wants to be a coach. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. I, mean, I don't think he wants that responsibility. Yeah, I mean, they were talking about it. Moadu wants to for sure. Yeah, I think he'd be a real good coach. Yeah, very smart. He's probably my favorite. Moadu is probably my favorite current commentator right now. I think so. Who's who's better in the in the American sphere of commentating? Who's better than Moadu right now? As a color commentator? Or yeah, as a color commentator slash so. halftime. First, I mean, halftime. I think it's like the. Like Dempsey when he does it. I love like hearing Dempsey. Dempsey. Yeah, yeah, he, he is like very passionate behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I think like color commentating like Mo is above everybody else right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good job, Mo. Yeah. Keep uh, it up. Tony Miola. What? Tony Miola. Yeah. Is he still doing it? Yeah, I think he does it for uh, Apple. Really. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, man. Sasha Kleshin's also pretty good. Have you heard him? Uh, he does the round he table. He does the round table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. New generation of broadcasters. All right, well, we got to end this thing. So I think we got to say, deuces. Yeah.